0: Welcome to this special edition of the Fertility Podcast. Talking about male fertility, something you'll know if you've listened to this podcast previously. It's a very important topic, something close to my heart, something that I have personal experience of and I'm always keen to give a platform for this conversation because people often assume that fertility problems lie with women, but male infertility contributes to 50% of the problem for the millions of couples worldwide experiencing fertility issues. Now, healthy sperm are vitally important to getting pregnant, to staying pregnant and making your miracle happen. Male infertility is under-investigated when couples are trying to understand the causes of their infertility. In fact, semen analysis is the only test offered to men, but this doesn't indicate the quality of the sperm DNA, which is the essence of what your baby will be made of. Sperm DNA damage is a much stronger indicator of male fertility as it tells experts whether the quality of the sperm is likely to result in pregnancy and if there's a high chance of miscarriage. Exact tests based on 25 years of male fertility research present a clear picture of the quality of sperm DNA. And that's why I'm delighted to have Lab sponsoring this episode. And you can find out more about them by visiting ExamineLab.com. And I heard a stat recently that two to three million men in the UK could have fertility problems, which is why we put a special emphasis on making sure this conversation is heard. And in this montage of our male fertility vault, you will hear expert chats as well as some guys who have shared their story. And I'm so pleased to say that since that is my kitten clawing at the carpet in my voiceover booth. Loda, of get off! I'm going to just interrupt this episode to share the loudest cat purr known to man. Hang on. I mean, that's pretty special, isn't it? Let's see if I can get her to leave the booth. She'll be back. I can guarantee. Now, as I was saying, I'm really pleased that since I started making this podcast, there are now male-hosted podcasts talking about infertility, which I'll add in the show notes as I think they're ace. And we're going to start this conversation with Professor Cheryl Homer, who is an amazing lady. And she's talking about the big gap in treatment for men when it comes to them going to see their GP and how all too often how they are fast-tracked through the doors of a fertility clinic when more investigations should and could be done if a different approach was taken. So I would like to see a change in the way that couples are triaged when
1: they attend to their GPs the GPs need to acknowledge that when there is a problem with a semen analysis or any symptoms that a man has, uh, that he should be referred to a specialist, so a urologist who has a specialist training in andrology in male reproductive system. And I think that that really is the crux of the matter.
0: So there is that disconnect between awareness do we think, of what andrology and what urologists do in the GP surgery? Do we need to have that understanding improved?
1: I think that's absolutely right, Natalie. I think we really need to make the GPs aware that this is the way that they need to be referring the male patients so that they can get proper investigations and proper management of their infertility. I think far too much emphasis is put on lifestyle, And diet, which yes, it's very important, but heavens, it's not going to make you unless you're a drug addict or an alcoholic. It's really not going to have a massive impact on your fertility at the end of the day.
0: We had the experience, my husband and I, of of having ICSI treatment because it was male factor, and it was only—and I've probably told you about this before—it was only two years down the line when we had a conversation with one of your colleagues, Jonathan Ramsey. He physically examined my husband, and he was explaining about how that aspect of the initial consultation with the GP doesn't happen. Do you want to just explain about what that examination part for a man can, can show, can present?
1: Yes, exactly. It's ridiculous actually when you think that somebody is potentially diagnosed with a problem and they don't have a physical exam. I mean that, that, that certainly would never happen for a woman. So for a man, that's essential because if he does have problems with his fertility, he may not necessarily have problems with his semen parameters, but if the couple are not conceiving, there still may be an underlying issue there that is causing molecular damage to the sperm that's not seen at the level of a semen analysis. So for example, a physical exam may pick up, A varicoseum, for example, which is the the leading known cause of male infertility.
0: Next up, you're going to hear from Gareth Down, who set up a male-only Facebook group a good few years ago now, after he struggled to conceive. And here Gareth explains how it started and why it's so important that men not only feel safe to talk in an online space, but also how much it has helped him.
2: Men and Infertility were in the the search. We we actually put a couple of posts on some of the more mainstream Facebook sites. Uh, a, a couple of the group admins weren't that happy, thinking it was. They said, "Oh, it's a you know, if men want to talk. They can talk here." I think without grasping that we, we won't talk if there's a female presence through or different reasons, but mainly for not wanting to upset the partners. And but a, a few cotton on. And actually, yeah, I think my husband will benefit, and I think some of the core the members that became admins on the page and things and still quite close with um, were were husbands of wives that were on the page and the, the other half said look come on there's there's now this page why don't you why don't you log in um so i think that was where the first bit came and then we, we've tweaked the name of the group several times just to try and make it more accessible and then through media things i've done several things with fertility network uh, a couple of bbc things and uh, a bit on the radio so each time you do a big media push you, you manage to find that a few more people find the link a few more people find the page um and so slowly slowly we're, we're getting the word out there that there is support
0: so we can put the link to the page on the show notes for this episode? Yeah, cool.
2: yeah no problem. So anyone anyone can click it and then it's an admin approval. So okay. we, we do just vet through and make sure it's a, a man asking to join and yeah. um, uh, approve and go. And yeah, it's been, been successful so far that way.
0: Well, we'll do that. And then maybe you Thank could you. put a post on the Fertility Podcast Facebook page as well.
2: Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. And we can just, Good.
0: again, get the kind of focus on it. You mentioned a few media activities you've been doing. You also involved in the Hidden Faces campaign with Fertility Network UK which I'd like as well to put your video on the show notes
2: Yeah, because the
0: videos are so moving and there's such a variety of stories and and I'm I'm keen to know what that was like sat looking at a camera. I mean Tom who I know you've got a friendship with now Tom Webb said that how privileged he felt being on the other side of the camera but also I think he was quite surprised at how relaxed people became And, and, and I experience it I think when people talk to me on this podcast about their stories. I think when you've got to a point where you're willing to talk about it, it does become quite cathartic talking about it. Would would you say that's a, a, a fair way to sum it up?
2: It is, yes. And I think that when when you start talking, you start to accept. And it, it's odd to think that I've gone through nearly eight years probably without fully accepting what it was, what was going on. Um, and oddly through the, the Facebook page and the media things off the back of it. the the thought of helping others makes it a lot easier to come to terms with it and think as bad as this is everything we've been through we might be able to help someone else um that you know there might might be something good that can come out of this so that that's really driven myself and my wife she's done several media things just to to try and get the awareness get the opening up and uh, you basically just don't want anyone else to feel as alone as you did through it and as much as it's easy for people to say it's it's such a lonely place that we we just want to try and make it less taboo, make it more accessible for people and, and realise it's it's okay. You can talk, you're, you're not alone going through it.
0: You're a part of the Easy Bit documentary with Tom as well.
2: Yes, that's right, yeah. So that was a unique filming experience again up there, very, very similar to the Hidden Faces campaign of just a small room and a camera to look down into and... Um, I think Tom Tom cracked it when he said it, it. It does make it takes the the personality bit away. Although you've got a voice asking you questions, you're you're talking to a completely inanimate object. So you can you can really start to to talk what you're thinking as opposed to thinking you're talking to someone. It's um yeah, it's a really good way to to get the recording done.
0: Considering where you are now, you've got a little one, and you've got your Facebook group, and you can see the benefit it's having to others. What would you say to yourself eight years ago with the with the wisdom that you know now about your fertility journey?
2: Oh, it's a, I just should have, I should have seeked the help when it was there. You know, there's there's avenues if you find it. If not, you can make it in today's world. and You've got to accept that it's not your fault. A lot of men, I think, blame themselves if it's male factor and fertility. Even if it's female, they think they're pretty helpless to do things. And I think it's it's felt it's not normally the man thing to do is talk and open up. But it it really does, even if you can do it to a, as someone that you don't know the the beauty of the site is you can speak to people in America and New Zealand and people you're never going to bump into or or find someone with the same condition that's been through the same road it it just takes a load of the isolation out of it so after going through seven years thinking the only one I know that's gone through this and has had this particular road you can just sort of open your world a bit and it, it just makes you feel a lot more supported than what you did prior to meeting which has been a great help.
0: Now we're going to join Mohamed Akhtar, a male fertility specialist based in Manchester. And Mohammed is explaining how the World Health Organization's semen criteria has been changing and it keeps changing and it keeps getting lower due to how we are living our lives. He also explains the importance for men to seek help and look to freeze their sperm if they have had any medical conditions that could affect their fertility.
3: I see most men in my clinic because they have male fertility issues. Male fertility is declining over time. We used to see very few male fertility patients about 10 years ago. Now it is on the decline. If you look at Western men's semen analysis, the results have gone declined drastically. In last 40 odd years, it has decreased by 50%. Every 10 years, World Health Organization, when they submit a new WHO semen analysis criteria, it is always what it was normal now will become abnormal. And this is what is going on. Abnormal results in the past now has become normal. We are reducing our cutoff values to lower and lower and lower. So morphology about 20 odd years ago was 10% normal. Now is 4% normal. And we assume that when the WHO stream analysis criteria comes in 2020 or 2022, it will be 2% normal. This is how much the effect of environment our lifestyle, our medical conditions is affecting male fertility. And in, there's a suspicion that in the next uh, 20 to 30 years, it will decline even further. And that is mostly related to the environmental toxins, our lifestyle, health issues. And maybe we're not, we're getting, trying to have babies later on in our life with age as well. Also BMI with our weight gain has an effect. As well, So my idea f- to improve this is that men who have any medical conditions as a young ch- child or young man, like hernia operation, undescended testes, uh, medical conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, or requiring hormone treatment for their growth spurts, stature, or they require anything in medically, they should seek help earlier before they even go into relationships because the sperm quality might be better earlier on than later on in their lives. And you can always freeze a sperm. And this is uh, happening across the globe. USA has already started this pro- process. And if you look at the Apple and Facebook, they have been freezing eggs for their female employees since 2014. And I'm sure this will be happening for their male employees as well. So I think the time has come that we should seek help and assessment. I will not even say help, it says have fertility assessment earlier on in their life rather than later on in their lives because that will save you having no sperm later on in life which will require stopping you having any surgeries for future and you can freeze a better quality sperm. Even there's some genetic conditions like Kleinfelder syndrome, which is a condition which you have an extra X chromosome. Again the data suggesting that if younger men come, they're more likely to find sperm, which might be a better quality. If, on the other hand, if you have no medical conditions, but you have been using this excellent slim fit shirts and skinny trousers, and you've been going to the gym using protein shakes or steroids to improve your health, then it might have a detrimental effect on sperm. So please, in, before going on any of these, You can have your fertility assessment or probably freezing your sperm.
0: Now, when it comes to sharing your stories, we're always keen to give you access to people who have walked a path ahead of you and give you their insight into what went on, in the hope that you won't have to have them quite as bad. And that's why I wanted you to hear from Gaz. Now, Gaz got in touch with me to talk about how saddened he and his wife were after going through two miscarriages. And only once this had happened, they had a conversation about having a sperm DNA fragmentation test that could give the pair more answers. Here Gaz explains what happened and what changes he has been making to his lifestyle.
4: And we went to our seven-week scan thinking is it going to be one or two and again the nurse was looking a bit uncomfortable struggling to find anything and she said look i think you've had the same thing again so yeah re- really hard to deal with because we thought two pregnancies one of them would have worked but there's more and more research now coming back that poor sperm quality is linked to miscarriage so
0: so she mentioned the sperm comet test which is a paid for test which at that point after the third failed cycle and that that miscarriage, you then went on and had?
4: Yeah, the, the nurse mentioned it at the viability scan where we got told about the miscarriage. Yeah, I mean, it's advertised in the clinic, but the, the doctor had never mentioned it to me. And I, I'd said to the doctor after speaking to the nurse, shall I have the sperm comet test is it worth doing and this is a consultant now had been looking after us for three years she said sperm dna fragmentation is not really an issue because the egg will repair damaged dna in the sperm and after speaking to dr ramsey he said that does happen to a certain extent but not in women of my wife's age my my wife is approached well she was around 40 then and he said it just doesn't happen so that was part of my complaint to the HFEA, the, this consultant, was giving me the idea that I, I have sperm DNA damage and that's proven now because of the sperm comet test, but it doesn't matter because my wife's egg will repair my damaged sperm. Yeah, so it's incorrect just, advice. Yeah, Dr. Ramsey, is, you know one of the leading experts, said it's not the case. It's not going to happen.
0: So what happens next? I mean, you're obviously devastated. You're getting conflicting advice from experts that you've put your trust in. You've got this result. You're now in the very capable hands of of Dr. Jonathan Ramsey, who I'll put links to conversations I've had with him on this podcast. At that point, do you kind of say, right, we need to stop and look at what we can do?
4: Well, yeah. Speaking to Dr. Ramsey, he said he believes that my infertility, the the DNA damage, you can't say it's definitely reversible, but there's a possibility it can be reversed. Well, treatable at least. Yeah, i have high levels of oxidative stress in my very high levels which may be damaging my sperm you can't say for sure what why i have high levels of oxidative stress but another test has confirmed that my sperm are produced and in good condition, but there's something as soon as they leave, there's something in my body that is causing them damage. So I'm seeing Angela heat, the fertility nutritionist as well, too. I'm on a load of natural supplements to try and see if we can reverse that. I'm trying to reduce my stress, trying to make a lot of lifestyle changes. The amount of exercise I do and the kind of exercise I'm trying to make lifestyle changes. So eating a more healthy, balanced diet, I have reduced my alcohol down to virtually zero. Oh. I gave up smoking a few years ago. What
0: exercise were you doing and
4: are you doing? Were you gymming or cycling? I do CrossFit which isn't great for stress levels in the body because it's quite high impact. So yeah. I'm trying to I am trying to reduce that slightly and do some stuff that is a bit more low impact. So not quite as high stress so more yoga less crossfit yes yeah i've done quite a bit of yoga and uh, <laughs> stuff like that and
0: how does that feel because that's obviously something that you know you get a, a buzz out of in a positive way and then you're told that actually that has to change are you are you dealing with that because that's a stress relief doing exercise in itself yeah. to then
4: have to look yeah, at I, that. Mean, I I can't stop i can't give it up because it, it's good for my mind as well sure i have to do a certain amount of exercise each week it, it makes me feel mentally better as well. So I, I can't give it up because if, if I give it up totally, then I don't think in my mind I would be as happy and then that affects it. Sure. that could affect my fertility again. So, you know, we, we're going to give it six months of making all these changes. and Then I'll go back and have another sperm comet test.
0: Now, I talk about the importance of being empowered, getting all the information you can. And I've talked in the past about being able to do tests at home, which you can do. However, in a moment, you're going to hear from Professor Sheena Lewis, who is one of the amazing brains behind the sperm comet test, because it's essential to have a clear picture of sperm quality before going through the financial and emotional stress of fertility treatment. Exact tests support fertility experts in choosing the treatment that has the highest possibility of success for you. Exact tests have been shown to predict the IVF fertilization rate, embryo and blastocyst quality, implantation rate, pregnancy rate, and live birth rate. And not only this, but by having a clear picture of the quality of the sperm DNA, you can see whether or not there is a possibility of improving it, which is why it's brilliant to have Examine Lab sponsoring this podcast. You can find out more about them at examinelab.com. And here's Sheena Lewis to explain more about their test.
5: Men really have been marginalised and neglected in terms of IVF, because ICSI although it's quite successful takes just one sperm and injects it into the egg now if that were the perfect solution we would have a hundred percent success We don't. We've less than 30% success nationally and across Europe. And so there seems to be a greater need to look at men, their health, their, their quality of life, and also the quality of their sperm, rather than just doing a very basic semen analysis, which tells you how many sperm a man has and really what they look like and how they can swim, which are just on the outside. But it's the DNA of the man's sperm which is going to contribute to his child. And so that is a very, very important parameter. And that's what we can look at with the sperm
0: What I found fascinating is that as well as looking at the DNA damage, it can also predict fertilisation failure and poor embryo and blastocyst quality, which people who are going into fertility treatment will have been Googling. This really sets it apart from other sperm tests. So it is the hope that this is the test that men are going to get? Yes,
5: I, I believe it is. As I say, I'm, I'm coming from a, a university point of view. We've been working on the whole area of male fertility for 30 years, and we have used lots of different tests for sperm in the past, and DNA is the one, no matter what assaults you throw at it, no matter what tests you do on it, it seems to come up trumps, if you'll excuse the pun. It's a very, very robust test. And so it's um, a diagnostic test in showing the, the problems that men have if they've got unexplained infertility. It's also a, a good predictive test, unlike semen analysis, which doesn't tell you um, how likely you are to have a pregnancy or a live birth. The sperm comment shows you the quality of the man's sperm and show it has a relationship between your chances of getting a healthy baby. So with there being
0: all sorts of chat in the press of late about too many people having fertility treatment, a lot of unexplained cases. Would would you say that if couples have been trying for maybe a year, before they start to think about fertility treatment instantly, that that looking more at the men's sperm, because there are over-the-counter tests, but doing a test like this
5: could really give them more information? Oh, yes, absolutely. I think women are very inclined to prepare themselves for conception, but men aren't so much inclined to think about the quality of their sperm. And so we have a a programme on Fit for Fatherhood. And this is for men who might be thinking about having a child or possibly it's in the first year and things aren't. Uh, Access through the the Path Lab in Welbeck Street in London, where men can go along and have their semen tested, both as a a semen analysis and also the sperm comet done. And then they have a measure of male fertility and they can use that information in planning their family. And of course, if I, I could mention one other point, men are very lucky, much luckier than women in that they can improve the quality of their sperm. A woman is born with all the eggs she's going to have, and as she gets older, her eggs get older. But a man has a new batch of sperm produced every three months. So if he were a heavy smoker, if he were to uh, have a lifestyle which was damaging his sperm, he did the sperm comet test. He realized that he had high DNA damage. He has an opportunity to change some very simple habits within his life and in three months time have his sperm retested. And it could very well be that the next batch of sperm is healthier.
0: Now, it has been some time since that conversation with Sheena and the names of the plans and health questionnaires that examine lab who produce Sperm Comet have changed on their website, but there's still great guidance for you. So I hope this episode of the Fertility Podcast delving into our male fertility vault has been useful. There's loads more. Just visit thefertilitypodcast.com. So lots to think about there. And of course, all the links to the different episodes with the experts and the stories that we shared will be in the show notes. Thank you again to our sponsor, Examine Lab, because understanding the health and quality of your partner's sperm DNA will support your fertility chances, whether that results in natural conception or improving your chances and making every cycle count with IVF or ICSI checking out levels of sperm DNA damage is easy with exact tests. Get the answers you need and start your journey towards having a baby today. Just visit examinelab.com to find your nearest clinic and book an appointment to receive an exact test. We hope you've been enjoying this special series of episodes for Fertility Week in the UK 2020. For this one in particular, if you want to talk about it, just use that hashtag #MenMatter when you're sharing it on your socials. Thanks and until the next time.